Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the co-host of the Lean Startup Conference, Sarah Milstein and Eric Reese. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hello. You came. <laughs> wow, thank you very, very much uh, for being here. Um, it, it is so incredible to see so many new faces and a few old friends uh, who are here with us today. And we hope to provide you with several days of entertainment, but more importantly, uh, information that you will find eminently useful and practical. So thank you uh, very much for being here. I want to say a special thank you to not just the zillions of people in this room, uh, thank you for being here. This is by far the largest gathering of Lean Startup allies in one room in one place ever, so that's pretty awesome. But also we have thousands of people watching live in simulcast locations around the world in just about every time zone. Hello, <laughs> camera's back here if you want to wave to the simulcast people. Thank you for being on the live stream. Some of you are up at quite ridiculous hours, uh, for which we thank you. Uh, and I'd like to try something that we tried last year, uh, but I'd like to really do it this year because it's very important uh, if anyone turned their phone off out of respect to our speakers, you, you made the wrong choice. So uh, we don't really need or want your undivided attention. It's not that kind of conference. Uh, if everyone would actually do me a favor and take your phone out of your pocket, you two on the live stream, everybody phones in hands around the world and turn them back on in case you made the mistake of turning them off. Uh, we do want you to be uh, online. Otherwise, is that even really living? Yeah, seriously. Uh, and I want to try something. I'd like everyone at the same time when I give a signal to take a photo of wherever you are in the world, in, this, in here, on the live stream, wherever, and of course you can tweet them all to lean startup hashtag. I'm going to do the same thing. So wait, don't do it yet. <laughs> when I give the signal, then everybody take the photo. I don't see very many people doing it. Phones in hands, yes? I see phones, I see phones. Okay, I actually can't see anything under these lights. Okay, ready? <laughs> here we go. One, two, three. All right. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Uh, it is uh, really an honor to, uh, to have you all here. And uh, let us get underway, Sarah. All right, we got a couple of quick housekeeping things, I, I the important ones. Oh yeah, you can tweet your picture while I'm talking about this. So the obvious important thing, the Wi-Fi network is Lean Startup. Uh, the password and the username for it are Lean Startup. The hashtag to use for this conference is Lean Startup. You guys see where all this is going. Our Twitter account is Lean Startup, and we do encourage you to follow the Twitter account because we use that to make announcements during the show. Uh, now, before we get started for real, we have one kind of oddball thing we want to do, um, and that's have you meet somebody near you. So can we bring up the house lights for just a sec? Thank you. Um, so we're going to ask you guys to do something uncomfortable, which is stand up and introduce yourself to somebody near you who you don't already know. Well, they did Hi, We, could, we don't even have to have a conference. <laughs> no, I know. We could just... <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Thank you all so much. You're going to have plenty of time to continue that. But they want to talk to I know, to each they want other. to talk. This is awesome. All right, just go. Do your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right, everybody. Bring it back down. Thank you. That was that's a very encouraging start. That was a lot more enthusiastic than we expected. Thank uh -huh. you. 
All right, in the back, time to sit down. All right. <laughs> um, okay, that's an awesome sign here. Okay, thank you all so much. We are really <laughs> going to get going now. We're going to come back to that meeting each other thing in just a little bit. There was a reason for that that we'll talk about after the first batch of speakers. So thank you for introducing yourselves with such enthusiasm to each other. That exceeded our expectations by quite a bit. Um, we will come back to that and talk more about why we asked you to do that um, in a little while. But we're going to start off this morning with Eric talking about the state of the Lean Startup. So Eric, I turn it over to you. Thank you very much. And thank you, Sarah, without whom none of this would have happened. Um, wow, this is just so overwhelming uh, to see so many of you here. So uh, how are we doing in Lean Startup uh, since last year, especially? Uh, as you can see just by looking around and on Twitter or you know, your favorite uh, business publication, our vanity metrics are very strong. Okay, so we got a lot of people jumping on the Lean Startup bandwagon. So thank you for doing that. Of course, that's made my life very interesting these last few years. I certainly appreciate it. Um, but as we all know, uh, the vanity metrics don't really tell the story. Just because you got a lot of people getting excited about something doesn't actually mean anything. And in fact, uh, for the people who have been wondering, hey, what is Lean Startup really about, and what is it really accomplished, and what is the point of all this information that we give you, uh, I will turn that right around to you. Lean Startup, far more than it is mine or any of the other speakers or experts in the community, is yours. It's a community, a movement of people who want to change how entrepreneurship is done, to change how innovation is done. Uh, and what you do with the information you take at a place like this or from reading a book or you know, what have you, that is what determines whether this all is worthwhile or not. So I really, first and foremost, want to start and end each day with us thinking about what are the questions and problems and challenges that you see in your real life that you can actually do something about immediately, like this evening when you go home in a break, uh, when you get online or when you go home to wherever you came here from. That's really what this is about, because there's no way to quantify uh, that work. It happens out of the limelight, out of the public eye, not under the bright lights, but in Lean Startup meetups around the world, in the many, many Lean-related spin-off organizations like Lean Startup Machine and Lean Startup Circle. They're not people who are uh, you know, getting famous from doing Lean Startup, although there's a few of us. It's primarily people who are busy doing the work advancing the state of the art in entrepreneurship. So I want to start with a joke that I told last year that has kind of stuck with me this whole time, because we've talked a lot about uh, how people go into entrepreneurship uh, because they hate big companies. Are you familiar with that? A lot of people, like, they're like, oh, I want the freedom of working for myself and creating a new company. I don't want to be encumbered by the bureaucracy and the dead weight of a big company. I always ask this question. If you hate big companies so much, why are you trying to create a new one? Right, see, very few startups are intentionally small. We think of startups as small companies. That's you know, a, a, a common misconception. But those of us who've been through this a few times know that they are only small uh, when they fail to live up to their potential. And so uh, I think one of the questions we really have started to grapple with, especially this past year, is not just how do we get a company started, not just how do you start, but rather what kind of company do we want to create? What is our aspiration? for creating a company? What, do we want to just create yet another one of those old-fashioned dinosaur-type companies, or do we hope for something different? And one of the things that's been amazing about this year is I've had the chance to spend time with a lot of CEOs of a lot of very differently-sized companies. I mean, from three to 300,000. 
really every possible scale. And you're going to hear about a lot of those companies over the next couple of days, uh, including some of the ones I've had a chance to work with, like GE and Toyota and Intuit, but also lots and lots of companies that you've never heard of who I think uh, are actually just as important. Because we want to bring you stories of actual practitioners who are trying to create this new kind of company together. I call it a growth company. A company that exists not just to extract the value from the great decisions it made a few years ago, but rather a company that seeks new sources of sustainable growth through continuous innovation. And what's interesting is when I meet the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, uh, and I meet some of the CEOs of the world's unintentionally smallest companies, you know who I'm talking about, uh, I see something that we all really do have in common. It's not that we have the same size company, or we've made the same amount of money, or we dress the same, or we live in the same place. Uh, not even necessarily that we have the same mission for our organization. Uh, this now lead startup is, is well off in flourishing in nonprofit, in public sector, in corporate settings, in Silicon Valley, and a lot of other startup hubs. Rather, what we have in common is a shared vision for the kind of company we want to create, a company in which we don't just extract value, but rather try to create new sources of value all the time. So not just create product market fit that one time we got lucky and wow, wasn't that great, but rather always be asking ourselves, how do we seek out new sources of new products, new customers, new sources of fit, new sources of growth, a growth company. And that to me is what modern management is really about. It's not just uh, entrepreneurs in a garage. It's not just corporate dudes in a boardroom. Rather, it is a new operating system to try and bring together the best of general management and the best of entrepreneurial management into a new general theory of management. Now, uh, people who aren't used to uh, being in these kind of settings or haven't heard me talk before are going to be like, why are we talking about management? I thought we were going to be talking about something cool. I know, I promise, we will talk about some cool things uh, before this conference is over, but we have to start with management because fundamentally a startup is not a product. It is not an idea. It is not uh, a cool business plan. It is a human institution designed to create something new under conditions of extreme uncertainty. And that means that entrepreneurship is the management discipline that deals specifically with situations of high uncertainty. And that is what we are all facing more and more. I don't ever go anywhere and people say to me, gosh, Eric, thanks for coming. The problem we're having is that like, everything in our world has gotten more stable Everything's slowing down and everything's getting simpler. We face fewer competitors than ever before. Uh, the pace of technological change has slowed and we kind of have it under control. And we have a really clear view of what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I don't think I've heard any of those statements anywhere. I've gone, in fact, the opposite of each. But our traditional management tools are not quite up to the challenge of dealing with that uncertainty because fundamentally, the 20th century general managing, management paradigm was about planning and forecasting, about figuring out what's the plan, and then who's ahead of plan, who's on time, who's on budget. Uh, and as we've been saying for a number of years in Lean Startup, if you're building something that nobody wants, why are you so ungodly proud that you did it on time and on budget? Right? You're driving the car, proverbial car off the cliff, but you're bragging about the gas mileage. Okay, that's what we're trying to avoid uh, it, with Lean Startup. So what does this new entrepreneurial management look like? I think we're starting to see its contours. And I, I just want to paint a little bit of a picture of what that company of the future is going to look like. Uh, what does it look like to be in a modern company? Because what's so interesting to me is, uh, let's be honest, uh, Lean Startup as a community, we are pretty good at bumper stickers. Anyone notice this? One of our primary exports is buzzwords, for which we are, uh, I suppose, infamous more than famous. Uh, I've had to apologize many times for my role in popularizing the word pivot. I am sorry about that. 
Uh, we're good at that. Minimum viable product, get out of the building. I've heard that you can buy t-shirts that say get out of the building on them. Uh, so we're good at the bumper sticker product. And look, people read the book, they read my book or, or any of the others that have come out in the past few years, and they get excited about the concepts that can be uh, squeezed onto a bumper sticker. But those actually, by volume, are not the most important concepts that we talk about. If you go to a Lean Startup Meetup, sure, there will be people spouting the bumper stickers, but the people who've been around for a little while, who've had a chance to try to put these ideas into practice, are much more interested in the, frankly, way more boring topics. Like, how do we manage teams? How do we hold people accountable? And what is the accounting paradigm that we should use? Of course, I advocate something called innovation accounting, which you're gonna hear about soon. I know some people are like, oh, goody, accounting, that's gonna be really exciting. I know, bear with me. What's exciting is to see companies, products, uh, new organizations succeed. And accounting is simply a means to that end. But if we don't change the accounting paradigm, we can't be successful in making that change. So beyond the bumper stickers, what is this really about? What is that? future uh, modern company look like? And I think, to me, the thing I look for is if an individual employee in your company, I don't care at what level, from the most junior to the most senior, someone on the board, uh, an investor, anybody in that company has an idea for something that could work, how does it get implemented? Now today, most of the places I go, I meet people working really hard every day. I mean, like you wouldn't believe, I, I was uh, doing a got to, to visit a really cool manufacturing facility, an honest-to-God factory. Uh, and it looks just like you imagine a factory would look like. And it's in the midst of a traditional lean implementation. For those that don't know, lean and lean startup comes from lean manufacturing. We're going to be talking about that uh, quite a bit over the next few days. And so they're trying to make everything in the factory more efficient. And so they, like any good lean manufacturing company, they're a learning organization. Uh, just like Toyota, if, if an individual line factory worker has an idea for how to improve the work that they do every day, there's a process, a really difficult and complicated process, but a process that every person in the factory knows, here's how I get my idea tested to see if it is in fact an efficiency uh, gain. But those aren't the only kinds of ideas that matter in a modern company. So I was uh, talking to some folks who make appliances, and we were looking at the user interface on a modern appliance. Now, if you go in your kitchen, you know, your appliances that you use, you know, I went, one of my appliances has 29 buttons on it, on the, on the face. I counted. And I asked myself, how many of those buttons have I ever pushed in my life? And the answer was three. So 26 of the 29 buttons I have never pushed, and I think we can guess, in fact, we know, that uh, probably nobody has ever pushed those buttons, ever. How many of you ever pushed on your, say, microwave? or refrigerator, there's all these extra buttons. Now, if you've never been in a factory, you don't realize the raw amount of skill and craftsmanship that goes into wiring up every single button on every single panel thousands of times a day. Think of the millions of man hours that are invested in creating and wiring up buttons that are never pressed by a human being ever. Now, that's not as sexy as the $100 million startup that flames out, you know, building a product that nobody wants. Some of us have done that together. Uh, but it's still a colossal waste of human effort. Now, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Who's supposed to fix that problem? Is it the guy actually wiring up the buttons with high quality every day on the assembly line? No, it's not his fault. Is it the fault of the factory manager, the plant manager? No. It's not the CEO of the company's fault. He's not supposed to worry about buttons on an interface. It, obviously, the product manager's fault. We have any product managers in the house? 
Always the product manager's fault, right, exactly. Except the product manager did exactly what they were told. They went to who they thought their customer was, of course, not the end user, what do they have to do with it, right? The category buyer at the retailer that carries these appliances and asked them, hey, what should we do with this interface? And they were told more buttons is better. You know, like consumers are always coming up to you and saying, God, I really wish this interface was more complicated, had more options on it. But that's what he believed. So we got that feedback from the customer and they told us to make it more complicated, so we did. Uh, but have we really run an experiment? Have we really run an experiment to discover if that actually makes a difference to the end user? Have we actually figured out if those buttons drive commercial advantage? We know the answer far too often is no, we haven't. So it's nobody's fault. It's not the marketing guy's fault. It's not the engineer's fault. It's not the designer's fault. It's nobody's fault. And yet the end result as a system is unacceptable. It is a waste of human time and potential. And I want us all, as we go through the next couple days, to really feel viscerally the pain of all of those people doing outstanding work that adds no value. And then ask ourselves, in our company, do we know anybody who's wiring up buttons that are never pushed? Uh, not in your company, obviously. But do you have a friend? And are you sure that the work that you do actually creates value for customers? That, to me, is a modern company. That if you have an idea that says, you know, I'm not sure that this product is even worth building. I don't think this interface actually needs to be so complicated. Do we have a routine and regular process for immediately testing, experimenting to discover the honest-to-God truth about whether that is true or not? Does that make sense? That's what I want us to really think about. How do we apply that in our companies uh, together? Now, this is also 2013, a very special anniversary for me, because my Lean Startup journey is ex almost exactly five years old uh, right now. It was almost exactly five years ago that I first uh, posted on my blog, Startup Lessons Learned, that I had this idea for a way to talk about this modern trend of, of how, I, at that time, I was talking really about Silicon Valley startups called Lean Startup, coining that phrase. And uh, I really didn't think this is where it was going to take me uh, at all. So this has been an incredible five years. And not just five years of me doing work, I'm certainly very proud of the work that I've done, but five years of so many of you taking ownership of these ideas and taking them to new places. So as I was thinking about this conference and what we wanted it to be about, to me the most important thing is not how much has stayed the same in Lean Startup, all the smart things we knew five years ago that we know today, but rather all the new things that we didn't know, all the things that we've learned even since the books, Pick Your Favorite Book, has come out. Because if we're not learning new things, if we're not changing what we believe, then fundamentally we are wasting our time. And this is, that's unacceptable for the guy in the factory line, that's unacceptable for us too. So I also want you to think about what are the new things that challenge the orthodoxy that we have uh, come to believe that you see on stage over the next couple of days. We have made an effort to bring you ideas that disagree with each other, uh, experts and practitioners alike who are trying things maybe that didn't work and that didn't work as well as the book says that they would. So we can actually talk about what's real in entrepreneurship. That's, that's what I hope you'll get out of the next few days. And so I want to leave you with one last uh, comment. This is uh, something that I mentioned very briefly in the book. The book is two years old now, if you can believe it. And it didn't get a lot of attention then, but it's become an increasingly important part of my work. And it's a diagram uh, that I call the startup way. It's based on a diagram from a book called The Toyota Way. Um, we're going to meet some folks from Toyota uh, later today. Uh, and it's basically just a reminder that the process parts of Lean, the bumper sticker, Kaizen, Kanban, MVP, you pick your favorite buzzword in English or Japanese, the process bits that we get so excited about, and that's what people pretty much remember and think about, uh, are not themselves the enabler of the change that we seek. Rather, they rest on a foundation of Toyota's philosophy of long-term thinking. And that's the paradox of Lean Startup, 
that we combine the short-term action of rapid experimentation in MVPs with the long-term vision to put a dent in the universe. And so the startup way is an analogous pyramid, and it simply goes like this. Accountability, process, culture, people, in that order. Uh, as people try to implement Lean Startup, if they only focus on one of those four levels, they will certainly fail. We certainly have plenty of examples and plenty of people in here who have tried it. That fundamentally, we have to change how we hold people accountable, the accounting paradigm. How do we decide which metrics to use to promote people, to reward them? Of course, we have to make process change, but that process change is designed to create, foster, and incubate a new and more dynamic culture. And lastly, of course, the foundational principle of all lean is respect for people. Let's not forget that our goal here is not products and money and the artifacts of our work, but rather to support and make good use of the time, energy, creativity, passion, and intellect of our people. So does that make sense? Thank you all so much for being here. Let us get this conference underway. Thank you.